Welcome back to another episode of the Weekly Driver Podcast. My name is James Rea. I write an automotive column for Bay Area News Group, and I have published and edited the website, theweeklydriver.com. We're almost toward year number four on our Weekly Driver Podcast, and today we have on uh, a friend of the podcast. Um, we met several years ago. And he's, he's the great guy, uh, John Craman from Meekum Auctions. And uh, by the way, Bruce Aldrich, my co-host today, is traveling. So it's going to be uh, one-on-one with, with uh, John. So, John, welcome back. We've just, uh, you can't wait to be back in action with uh, auctions online, uh, auctions in person. And of course, selfishly in Central California, we have uh, the Monterey show coming up. But you have another show coming up. Uh, first. So why don't you tell us where you are in the wonderful world of Mecham and what's on the immediate horizon, and then we'll get into uh, Monterey. So thanks. Oh, hey, thanks so much, James. Man, always a pleasure hanging out with you, talking cars and auctions. Sure. Man, we have been, you know, the past year, this pandemic has uh, really hasn't slowed us down. In fact, uh, we have been on the go. Our, our our foot has been on the gas pedal, making adjustments to scheduling, and also uh, having some safety issues that we've had to deal with at the at the various venues. Sure. But it looks like a lot of that now is starting to relax a bit as we start to get back to the way things used to be. And I have to tell you, man, the upcoming Monterey auction in August is really going to reset the bar because that is such a high profile, important event. Uh, really for the entire automotive world. But before we head to Monterey, uh, we're going to be doing a big four-day, 1,000-car-plus auction down in Orlando, July 28th through the 31st, over 1,000 cars. That is a what we call a pickup auction. Normally, we would be in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, that venue not available yet. So we adjusted, and we're heading down to Orlando here coming up just in a couple of weeks. But I have to tell you, I have to confess, with as much as, as excitement as there is towards Orlando, it's really all about Monterey in my mind at this point. That's great. Now, uh, John, I know that you did some online uh, venues, I believe. And in June, did you have your – earlier this month, did you have your first uh, in-person uh, auction again, or has it been more than that? Well, let me let me just give you sort of that. This I think your listeners might find this interesting. Yes, we actually like a lot of people. We first heard about this uh, pandemic, this COVID nineteen, this new term back in March of twenty twenty. In fact, while we were at our Glendale, Arizona auction, and uh, of course uh, that's about when it really kicked into high gear. And we actually uh, had to postpone a few auctions, but we kicked things off going all the way back to June of twenty twenty with our first pandemic-era auction, as I call them, under a lot of safety protocol. Now, keep in mind, the buying and selling of, of automobiles is an essential business. Yes. Uh, that didn't necessarily mean that we were able to bring in spectators and do our normal uh, pomp and pageantry that we do at all of our auctions. And it really depended on the specific state and the county and the venue and everything else. But long story short, we started in June of 2020. We've been holding auctions on a regular basis since then. All of them, by the way, have had record results. The collector car market during this pandemic has just exploded like other uh, segments mm-hmm. uh, out there as well. Real estate, a good example. And But certain states have been, more, have been easier for us to deal with the safety protocols and others. California, obviously, being one of the toughest ones. So we've not held a California auction since... 2019. So we are way overdue, my friend. That's right. That's right. 
By the way, I have to uh, say that, John, I, I think officially, uh, unless it's changed in the last few months, I, I have you as the supervisor of Meekum on-air uh, talent, but that doesn't really cover much. I mean, you do, other than probably washing and waxing the cars, there's nothing wrong with that, of course, but I, you, you, pretty, you pretty much do everything else. I think. Well, yeah, my my direct role, of course, is, as you mentioned, um, the five announcers, myself is one of those. I'm the lead TV commentator analyst, and I head that that crew up. But I'm also a full-time Ecom employee, where right. uh, my title is a director of company relations, where I do a lot of events. In fact, right now I'm speaking to you from the Wisconsin Dells, the national GTO, Pontiac GTO National Convention is here. Mm-hmm. Ecom is sponsoring that. And I actually just completed a uh, presentation called um, uh, Inside Auctions in the Collector Car Market. And uh, so it's all, all for the same cause and the same goal, and that is just to continue to push the significance and the importance of the collector car world, not necessarily all about Meekum Auctions, but this market in general, James, has just been astonishing by any standard. And I want to say you mentioned uh, the online thing. Mm-hmm. Man, we really lucked out in that we have been able to blend and mesh online bidding with our traditional live auctions. Uh, just we've been able to mesh that so well. We actually had a complete overhaul of our hardware and our software that went into effect January 2020. Now that's pre-pandemic, which yes. really was a coincidence, to the point now where our online bidding operates seamlessly. Prior to that, it was slow and it would lock up and it would about a seven or eight second lag time. Now it's instantaneous. Nobody gets locked up. Nobody gets shut out of a bid. And it has that honestly, that has contributed a great deal to the success that we've had as we've moved forward. Uh, and of course, it's really all going to come to a head in Monterey because traditionally, due to the high end inventory that we see at Monterey, that really encompasses a world market. So we're expecting to see really an unprecedented level of online bidding in addition to traditional live bidders as well. This the, the auction uh, is I don't want to say old hat because that's kind of a bad connotation but you're used to these uh, 12 13 14 15 times a year for me the only Meekum auction I've been to is the one in Monterey and the three or four times I've been to it I've been blown away by just the rapid fire it's it's entertain it's it's a, a place for co- car collectors to get their cars and people who are enthusiasts I mean it's it's sensory overload but even if you're not so much into buying or selling a car just to be in the it's it's like going for entertainment value if that doesn't come across as disparaging in any way it's just being there is uh, exciting because i mean you go through a car what every five minutes or something like that and it and it can be very very high end it could be not so high end and all in between so to give a visual with with audio here it's just a place to be if you just have any even passing interest it'll just uh, the energy level is very, very high. I, I'm sure you agree. Well, and I think that really is a hallmark of what Meekum Auctions is, James, mm-hmm. whether you're watching it uh, on our shows on NBCSN yes. or whether you're there in person, you pick up that dynamic of excitement. Part of it, uh, of course, is the inventory, the cars, the way that we've got the stage set up. It's very colorful. And, of course, the cars are really obviously the stars. 
Um, but let's talk about the pace of the auction for a moment. We'll yeah. have 600 cars over three days. One of our smaller auctions that we do, by the way. Yes. But that having said, we will have the highest per car average at Monterey of any of our auctions. And here's how we schedule the pace. Mm-hmm. We plan at that auction, we plan about 30 cars per hour. So that's really one car every two minutes. It's hard to imagine. It's hard to imagine. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So, so the the uh, the way I see it is also you have this, uh, and I'm jumping around here. I realize maybe not so much uh, a, a great flow, but you also you have the, and I forgot the exact term you guys use, John. When if a car hasn't reached a reserve or there are some other extenuating circumstances, then there is an individual negotiation. If I have this correct, between the owner and an individual who might still be interested on the on the grassy area on one of the golf holes, golf course holes. There's also a, a another auction after the auction, so to speak. Is that a fair way to assess that? It really is. Yeah, that's very well described. We call it the bid goes on. That's our trademark name. And what yes. that does is that gives every vehicle a chance to sell if it did not sell on the auction block. You know, it's kind of funny. Earlier we talked about what rapid fire our pace is yes. and how much we've improved our, our our online bidding capability. Let me give you some, some uh, quick data sure. on how that has played out during the pandemic era. First of all, um, back in the old days, <laughs> pre-pandemic, a good sell percentage, in other words, the percentage of the cars that we sell that actually actually across the block would be in the 60 to 65 percent range. That would be a very, very strong auction. 70 percent would be really good. Uh, But then when the smoke clears at the auction, the bid goes on. We've talked about the the post-auction block sales would represent about an extra 10% of our total sales, a real important part of what we do. Sure. But that having said, since the pandemic era, we have been running, depending on the auction, anywhere between, you ready for this, 80 to 90% sell rate. The market is that strong. We're selling a much higher percentage of cars. Other than the market being strong, here's another reason for it. Yes. I'm talking about online bidding. It used to, back in the old days, it would represent about maybe 5% of our total bidding activity. 3 to 5% would be about average. We're well over 20% bidding participation wow. right now. And it's that extra it's that extra effort that we've done on online bidding that has taken our sell rate and has increased that. Boy, you want to talk about a win-win. Yeah, Nailed that's, that one. that's great. In, in, in recent weeks and maybe even in recent months, um, because of the microchip shortage, you know this far better than I do, um, the used pickup truck uh, market has skyrocketed. People are spending three, four, maybe even t- five times more than the truck would cost new on a, on a used truck. And I know, pardon me, I know that there are many trucks that are going to be there at Mecham Auction in Monterey. So uh, is that, uh, can you confirm or can you add to that what you might expect in, in the used pickup truck area? Well, you know, pre-pandemic, there was certainly, we had noticed a, uh, a intense increase in the amount of numbers and the interest in the pricing of trucks, 4x4s, yes. uh, uh, sport utility vehicles. I'll kind of classify them in the same category. Sure. And for some of the reasons that you talked about, um, just the, the, the strong new vehicle market, the very low production numbers due to this, due to the part shortage chips included, yes. it is just further heightened interest in these vintage trucks and they are just absolutely on fire as well. <laughs> that has been a trend we've been watching for quite a few years, but it has just jumped to a whole completely different level. 
and I think, James, I think one of the reasons for that is, is I think that people are really looking for diversions. They're looking for fun things to do with their leisure time, with their money even. Uh, during this pandemic, they're not traveling as much, presumably staying around home, working from home. Maybe they're not spending as much money. So they're deciding, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to get some things. I'm going to maybe buy a house, maybe do some expansion on my house or some remodeling, or I'm finally going to buy that collector vehicle, or I'm going to finish out that project I've talked about. And boy, just conversations we've had with the aftermarket vendors and just the overall leaders in this collector car market, everybody is saying the same story. It's unprecedented. 2020 was a record year for everybody. 2021 is also on its way to even beat that. That includes us and many other components of the collector vehicle world as well. It's it's a pretty crazy time right now, and and we're just we're obviously we're we're taking a one auction at a time. Sure, everybody knows in in auctions, John. The you know the Ferraris and Duesenbergs and and other celebrity cars are always uh, you know high-valued uh, areas. We've talked, uh, we've known each other for, I don't know, four or five years maybe, and we've talked yeah. in the past about um, Volkswagen vans, for example, the 21 yeah. or 23 window vans, uh, yeah. other things that have come to mind. Other than the pickup trucks that I mentioned, is there something that you guys have seen to, a trend in, uh, in collectibles? Maybe there's more than one new trend. Yeah, there's actually there's a couple uh, that are certainly worthy of mentioning. Mm -hmm. uh, the first one I'm going to mention certainly falls within uh, a loose uh, parameter of the of the sport utility four x four truck market. Yes, and that is the first generation Broncos. That'd be '66 through 1977 Broncos. Yes, are probably the hottest single. Uh, uh, market segment that has just literally exploded. The fact that Ford has very recently uh, gone into production on their all-new Ford Bronco with a definite retro design, no design, yes. and that is not accidental, by the way. No, no I think not at all. Helping, <laughs> right, helping fuel interest on the vintage uh, Broncos as well. That has been a bit of a shocker. The Chevy C10 trucks, what are called the Glamour Era run from 67 to 72, same thing. And then crossing out of that into the overall spectrum of the collector car world are the resto mods, which include the trucks and the and the four by fours and the Broncos, but also includes you know Corvettes and and pony cars and muscle cars and cars from the 50s. And that, of course, is loosely termed as a vintage vehicle looking primarily unmodified on the outside, but plenty of modern upgrades, fuel-injected engines, computer-controlled automatic transmissions with overdrives, air conditioning, big brakes, all of that stuff integrated into these vintage cars have given a lot of life to this collector car market, particularly from a slightly younger demographic. Mm -hmm. And all of that's worked together. It continues to complement each other, and without taking away from one or the other, it's this this market's really strong and really really moving fast. Now the the other thing I wanted to mention is that there are a lot of auctions out there. Uh, Mecham isn't the only one. We all know that. But yep. what one thing that stands out to me among several things is when you go to the you know MecamAuction.com, the way that the site is presented, you know you have the the different lots and you have a description of cars and you have great photography. So I think. I would recommend people who are interested, who are among our listeners, that go to the website and you can check out all these cars. And it, for me, it, it's it's almost uh, I almost don't want to do it because when I do it, I end up spending more time than I have to look at the website. But it's a great website, as you know. And 
and you, you know you you have a, a blog on there you have other people who are blogging it isn't just pictures of cars for sale it kind of encompasses the the automotive world at large if you will uh, so it's a very user-friendly website I'm sure you'll agree with that but I recommend it highly go to that site and see you know what's going on in the in the different lots um, and so away from the ones that I've mentioned what, what uh, some of the higher-end cars uh, you have collectors often who present uh, a collection of cars or, or more than one collection of cars so what's going on with the individual collectors um, this year that will be presented at, at Mika Monterey yeah, and that's a really good point, James, because over the years, collections have become a really big, important part of what Meekum Auctions does. A lot of times it's an estate sale. A lot of times it's just a collector that's ready to move on to a different uh, to you know, different strategy, different types of cars. Yes. But we've got we've got four specific collections coming to Mika Monterey. Yes. Uh, including what we call uh, our gallery exposition sale, which is really where we where we hand sell a handful of very high end cars. But these collections are 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 really a lot of fun because typically they represent a level of passion and uh, interest from that collector that he's ready to kind of move on and pass those along to somebody else. Yes. So what, what it does is, is it gives us a really good opportunity to try to keep a finger on the pulse of exactly what might be happening with this market, the collector car market in general. And what we're seeing is, what we're seeing is, is as the traditional uh, uh, demographic age group of the car collector, which typically are baby boomers born mid forties to the mid sixties. That's a general rule. Yes. As, as, as this, as this segment, which I'm right smack dab in the middle of, by the way, is, is, is moving. There's a younger generation that's aging at the same rate and a 50 years old and kind of generalizing, but 50 years old is a pretty good number for an age for an automobile enthusiast. Somebody that likes cars to start thinking about, you know what? I'm on my way on my career. I've got my bills paid down. The kids are raised, all of that stuff. Now it's time for me to have fun with a fun car. And that does seem to be the way that it's heading. So what we're seeing is on these collections of these great cars, we're seeing a lot of new buyers coming in that are taking advantage of the uh, pickiness, I guess you could say, of these collectors to be able to, to, to buy a car or two out of these groups. And we've seen it from time to time at our Indianapolis auction in May, our second largest auction. We had 28 specific collections there wow. at that auction. And that momentum, that's carrying right to this group of cars uh, coming to Monterey. I invite everybody a couple things. Go to Meekum.com. Sign up as a My Meekum subscriber. It's free. You just put your email address in. And not only can you look at the cars that you mentioned, the great cars and the descriptions, but you can also put in the car search program and look at past results. Feedback has been that it is the number one best resource for people to look up values and to try to determine values on collector cars and look because there's so much information. And if you're a MyMika member, the selling price or the high bid, if it didn't sell, are clearly posted and our results go back about 15 years. Wow. Really a lot of fun to play with that, too. Yeah, I've had the opportunity to work with uh, one of your colleagues, uh, Kellen, uh, a little bit, and uh, it's been fun yeah. to have a new relationship with him. So. Uh, full disclosure, if you will, I'm actually doing doing a little uh, little side work for for Meekum, so it's fun to go through and learn about these cars. And, and oh. I've done maybe ten or twelve, um, you know, uh, descriptions of cars, and that's that's fun to to learn about something I didn't know about before, and and to do the research and, and have fun with it. So it's it's been fun to to be 
um, you know, marginally related to the team, but but working for Meekum uh, a little bit on the side, it's great. Um, great. So I appreciate that. Um, the other area I've always asked about is um, with all the things that are going on in Monterey, whether it's Meekum or the other uh, auction houses that are there, uh, and I think I may have asked you this two or three times already, but is there still room for a surprise? Um, somebody gets a bargain, if you will, and I, I don't want to associate you know, value with a, a dollar amount, but does anything ever surprise you anymore that, oh my gosh, we thought that uh, we didn't know that that car was going to go for X on the low end, or we didn't know that that car was going to go X on the high end. Are there still things that surprise you? I would say more, more that things brought more. Very rarely do I see a car that I think brings a lot less than it should. Mm -hmm. And I think that that, James, is primarily because maybe about a third or so roughly of our bidding audience um, are dealers. They don't necessarily have to have a dealership with a, like a storefront, yes. but they're always looking to buy something maybe a little bit under the money. And yeah. as a general rule, this is pretty general also, um, a dealer or a wholesale number on a collector vehicle maybe represents about 75% or so of what the proposed retail value would be yes unlike a late model car it's really really hard to pin down values of collector cars but these are just some some loose numbers so 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 there's always that yes but what really but what really is the difference where you've got the collectors which represent a big part of our bidding audience where they're buying and or selling multiple cars, or just the individual that's there to buy one car or two, where they've looked at just specific cars uh, to either add to their little small group, or maybe it's the first time that they're buying. So you've got this, this combination in the bidder pool that is vibrant enough and paying attention to each of these cars that very rarely does something cross. It's like, man, that didn't just didn't seem like it got the interest or brought the money. Yes. But on the other hand, Boy, does it happen from time to time where we think a car is worth, uh, let's say, $50,000 and it brings $100,000. I mean, it does happen. Yes. And that is part of the auction excitement. And what it boils down to is that you typically, in a, on, on, on a car that really rings the bell, as we say, it's a situation where more than one person went there to buy that specific car. Maybe it's the fulfillment of a lifelong dream. Who knows what the motivation is? But we see it on the show, two or three bidders that are that are that are bound and determined to take that vehicle home and guess what happens to the price. Yeah. That draws a <laughs> lot of consigners to Mika auctions in the hopes that that happens. Sure, sure. Um, going over uh, away from it's best to be there in, in person, but you guys have a huge television broadcast uh, following. And that's also very impressive, where you guys barely take a breath. I know you have a team. Um, t can you explain uh, a little bit more about, I know it's the only live auction, if I'm correct, that's televised in the day uh, for, yes, from, from Monterey. What kind of broadcast schedule will you have this year from, from Monterey? Yeah, well, we're still waiting to hear final uh, final numbers from NBCSN, but it looks like as of today that uh, that we're shooting for a total of 18 hours over three days. So that would be six hours each day. Oh my gosh! And uh, we're, we're 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 still waiting to get those numbers confirmed. We're still a little ways out yet, yes. but it looks like that probably is going to happen. As the network is going to be coming out of NBC overall is going to be coming out of uh, their intense Olympic coverage. So they're really looking forward to. 
shifting gears a little bit and having something in the prestigious automotive world to hang their hat on. Sure. So we are we are really cranked up. In fact, it'll be interesting. Um, the Monterey auction is our next televised auction. Yes. Our, uh, Orlando auction that I had mentioned will not be televised this year. So our next televised auction is going to be at Monterey. So we are all of us are just licking our chops, getting ready to not only hold a great auction with great cars, but also just to experience the whole the whole Monterey Peninsula during during Car Week is. I mean, for a lot of automotive enthusiasts, it's a bucket list item to attend. Sure, we get to go there and work it and be there every year. And man, we all just all of us are just we're we're cranked. I wish we could do it tomorrow. I mean, we are. We are so far overdue. This, it's so tired of uh, all of the all of the issues we've all had to deal with 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 COVID. And man, we're just so glad. It looks like Monterey is going to be going to be back full strength. Now, just to set the scene a little bit, number one, it's a bargain. You pay uh, a minimal amount. Is it twenty dollars for adults? I think. I, I, take me through the prices again. I don't want to mess that up too much. So, what, what does yeah, it cost to get in? You bet. It's the best. It's the. A lot of people say it's the best car show best car show on the peninsula now that is a bold statement because a lot of stuff is going on but it's because of sheer volume 600 great cars out on the fairways there are just so impressive um but uh tickets in advance twenty dollars in advance thirty dollars at the gate kids 12 and under free bitter uh uh, credentials which includes a guest pass for all three days two hundred dollars that's money.com to get scored away on that as well also we'll be having uh, absentee bidders on the telephone, and also the internet is going to be uh, going full strength there as well with internet bidding capabilities for folks that can't be there in person. And again, Beacom.com is the place to head for all information. That's right. Thanks for the reminder on that. I, I, I will say also that when you when people go to the Monterey Peninsula, if it's their first time, it's uh, the, the, what used to be called Monterey Auto Week, and it's it's a misnomer because it's almost two weeks now. But <laughs> right, right. <laughs> One of the great things about Mecham is that it's very easy to find. It's just off the freeway. Uh, you don't have to go very. You don't have to go into the Carmel Valley at all to one of the golf courses out there. It's very easy to get to at the at the Hyatt, and uh, parking is great. It's very well organized. And also, I, I forgot to mention, you can go and have lunch, you know, and, and sit in the audience and and not just be there to look at ca- cars, but you can observe people. You can have a beer or a cocktail and have some lunch, yep. and it's it's a it's a blast. Just for uh, to reiterate, just for the entertainment value and the times I've gone, of course, we go, you know, as reporters. But I would just go to sit in the audience and and have a day of it. If I weren't, you know, working, I would just have some fun and relax and go out on the lawn. And it's 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 really the one of the easiest auctions to get to. Uh, and it obviously, as you mentioned, it's it's a great value. People sometimes think of the Mon- of, in Monterey as the Concord Elegance, and that's the mothership, and everybody knows that one. Right. And it's the most expensive, or one of the most expensive. But Mecham uh, is a bargain, and of course there are free events as well. So people don't have to go to the Monterey Auto Week to to spend a whole bunch of money unless they're going to buy a car. But you can go and, and take in a bunch of stuff that's free, and you can go take in a bunch of stuff that's twenty bucks. It's it's the best. Yeah, indeed. Well said. Very, very well said. You know, the the, the Concours d'Elegance on Sunday, the big Pebble Beach event, yes. is a world-renowned event, um, but it's expensive, but, you know, worth every penny because it really is, you know, like I said earlier, it's a bucket list item for a lot of people. Sure. But really, the 
accessibility and the laid back atmosphere at Mecham is completely different. Of course, absolutely it's a fraction of price. We're talking hundreds of dollars versus you know twenty or thirty bucks, depending if you get your ticket early or not. So um, a lot of folks, and I'm kind of bragging a little bit, but a lot of folks they schedule their entire Monterey experience around making sure that they have a chance to spend some time at Mecham, not because it's reasonably priced, but because it really does. It really is a car show, and it's a rock concert uh, excitement really sort of rolled up into one. You bet. And, uh, you know, we've been, I think 2009 was the first year we were in Monterey, so we're very, very well established there now. And a lot of pent-up demand, the fact that we weren't able to have it and hold it last year in 2020. A lot of pent-up demand and very, very strong interest uh, to this point. That's only going to continue to escalate as we head towards August. I wanted to go back and, and revisit the television side, the broadcast side of things. Sure. As a you know, as a, a member of the media, I'm always interested in how other parts of the media work. And I, maybe you can't share everything, but how do you guys, with with your with your colleagues, how do you guys manage to? Um, well, I just use the term "stay sane." How do you manage to bounce off each other, to take breaks, to look at what's coming up? Do you do three by five cards? Do you have a this uh, simpatico between you, you look at a guy in a certain way and you know exactly what he's going to say. How does all that work if you can share an experience or two in that regard? No, I appreciate the question. Love to talk about it. Yeah. You know, there's a, there's a, there's a chemistry that, that, that exists in broadcast mediums. I don't care if it's radio or podcasts or, or television, doesn't really matter. And for whatever the reason, back when 2008, when we put this television crew together, uh, the four core members of us, Scott Hoke is the host that sits with me up on the auction block, and yes. Stephen Cox and Bill Stevens, and then, of course, myself. We've been together since 2008. This is our 14th year. Oh, my. Katie Osborne joined us six years ago to kind of handle social media and do some previews and stuff as well. So over time, what has happened, James, is it really has has evolved into we all get into the zone. There's a rhythm, and there's a chemistry there, and we know – we all know our strong points and our weak points, and it's not about one person being, you know, showing up anybody else. In fact, it's just the opposite. We want to put forth a good show, and uh, as far as you mentioned, having cards or we don't, we don't have any, we don't have any notes. We don't have any cards with notes on it. We don't even have a computer in front of us. What's in <laughs> front of great. us are, the, are, our, are our program monitors. What we do have is, what I have is specifically as the lead TV commentator analyst, is I do have the uh, auction listing contract, which is the same information that is available on the website, same information that's up on the big bid screens. Yes. Uh, sometimes there's a lot of information on that. Sometimes there's no information. Uh, and sometimes there's wrong information because it was you know, we, we our volume is so heavy, sometimes there's errors. And so I kind of pride myself into being able to look at that and run and manage that to make sure that only 100% accurate and relevant information gets out. And it's fortunately, I'm knocking on wood here, <laughs> fortunately, that has worked to be a pretty good, a pretty good strategy, me sort of just keeping an eye on not only what I'm saying and what I'm seeing from the cars that cross in front of us, but what the other guys are seeing as well. Always ready to come in and make a gentle correction if we're heading off in the wrong direction, because we don't want we don't want to insult or make anybody that might be a specific expert on whether it be Ferraris or whether it be um, you know trucks or Corvettes or whatever the specific type of vehicle is. 
um, we want to make sure that we're that we're as accurate and relevant as possible. And I think we're, I'd say, if we're at ninety nine point nine percent, we're successful. And I think we're there. Oh, I think so, yeah, never going to be perfect. Ninety nine point nine nine nine. I would say. Um, before I forget, I want to. I, I w- I'm remiss in not mentioning it earlier. The the Mika Monterey uh, is the 10th, 11th, 12th of August. Is that is that correct? 12th, yeah. The, actually, the 12th through the 14th. So that would be a Thursday through Saturday, three days, August 12th through the 14th. Yes. Uh, the gates every day will open at 8 o'clock. The auction will start on Thursday at 10 a.m. Yes. But it'll start at 9 a.m. on on Friday and Saturday. But we'll usually start the auction, James, about a half hour before those times with what we call auction starters, memorabilia, just to get the auction oh, ball yes. rolling. Yes. A lot of couple hundred dollar items for people to buy that aren't there to buy a car. It helps get the sound and the auction going. So when we when the first car hits the block, we're already well established with the noise and the routine and the pace and the excitement. It's already well generated and boom, we're off to the races. At that off point. to the races, that's right. Um, I can't encourage people enough uh, if they have not been to uh well the monterey auto week but in particular to to the mecham auction i think um go on down if you live in the bay area or sacramento just just take it in Uh, it's a phenomenal way to experience the car world and all that's happening uh from very very high-end cars to uh cars that are attainable for for uh, many of us and and that's the way to do it i think it 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 encompasses the, the spectrum of of collector cars and and motorcycles and and other items of course but, um, yep, well said. But so, uh, John, thanks as always. Um, I hope to shake hands with you down there. If you have a spare minute, I'd like to say hello. And and uh, it's been great as always. I could speak to you the whole day, and but you have other responsibilities, and I'll go do a couple of other things as well. But but thank you for your time this morning. It's it's great. Everybody, please take in Meekum Auction. And I want to thank John Craman for being the, our guest today on the Weekly Driver Podcast. Very much appreciated, sir. Thank you. Hey, thanks, James, and we will see you in Monterey, my friend. You bet. Can't wait. Take care. Cheers.